0: And welcome to another edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. We are streaming live, if you're listening to this on tape. Good to have you here, too. So glad to have you. Feel Feel free to comment in if you're watching us live. But we have got a very interesting show for you today. Obviously, Disney is a huge economic driver here in florida we cover it all the time it's about to turn 50 years old it's got some special mm-hmm. things going on and one of those special things is charging you more money for things that once were free right ginger
1: i i love it um you're matt by the way you did not say who yeah. you were i was gonna point that out that's matt austin just,
0: just so in case to
1: get us started. Just,
0: just in case this show goes off the rails i don't want anybody to know who i am
1: okay <laughs> okay Oh, yeah. yeah. Your face isn't plastered everywhere in Central Florida, so no one will know. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm Ginger Gadsden. Welcome to this edition of Fourth Estate. Uh, we are so excited to talk to one of our extraordinary producers. He produces our 7 o'clock newscast, but he also is our in-house Disney expert. Anything you can think to ask about Disney, Ken Pilcher will have an answer. And if he doesn't have an answer immediately off the top of his head, Within a minute, he knows where to go to get that answer. So, Ken, we are so excited that you're talking about uh, Disney with us today because there is a lot going on, good and some not so good, you know?
2: Well, it's a challenging time. I mean, Disney and Universal and SeaWorld and all the other parks and attractions are still dealing with the pandemic just like we all are. So it's, it's an up and down time. It's going better than I think some people hoped, but it could always be better.
1: Yeah, and they should really only be talking right now or we should only be talking about right now that they're about to celebrate their 50th Mm -hmm. anniversary. But before we talk about that, we want to talk about what a lot of people are calling just a money grab by this ginormous company that, you know, people save their entire lives to come to Disney. And there are very few things in life that are free. And at Disney, a fast pass (laughs) was, was one of those things. That was free. And now, guess guess what's happened to it? You already know. You don't have to guess. It's been taken away. It's been replaced by a genie that we all want to put back in that bottle, and we can't. What happened? What's going on with that?
2: Well, to get to that, the New York Times headline was my favorite. It says, to skip the line, get ready to pay a genie. <laughs> uh, it, it's been in the works for a while, and there's a couple of reasons why. There's obviously the financial reason. Disney likes making money no question of that. But the other important reason that, that started the process, other than trying to make money, is the fact that planning for Disney had become so ridiculously overcomplicated in part because of the FastPass system. When they brought in FastPass Plus with the Magic Bands and all of the new, all of the, what they called next-gen experience, they gave everybody three free pass, fast passes at a time. Problem with that is that means you're standing in three virtual lines while you're waiting in a physical line. So that's a lot of crowd that's that there's a, the lines all feel all move more slowly and it was a lot more crowded. So the, from a practical point of view, I think it started with them trying to find a way to ease this. And the genie is an amazingly interesting. I can't wait to see how it turns out in practice, but it's artificial intelligence that's going to go, oh, the line's shorter here, go here. Oh, wait, you're hungry. Uh, this is a restaurant. This restaurant's got a short line right now. You know, So it's going to make it so you don't have to Uber plan in advance. People were getting up Literally with their watches at midnight, 60 days ahead of their hotel reservation to make fast passes because if they didn't make it, then they would they would lose out. They wouldn't get a fast pass that day for those attractions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I was one of those people trying to do that. I had Disney annual passes for one year. Mm-hmm. I don't anymore because and I tell the story all the time. I desperately wanted to go on that Pandora ride that everybody tells me is amazing. I never got the chance to go if it were less than a two and a half hour wait. So. You're telling me that maybe with this whole genie deal, maybe it's not all money grab. You're saying maybe the lines for the rest of us, if we just go and wait, will actually be shorter because of this?
2: I do believe that's going to be the case. The The older, especially the older rides like your, you know, your Peter Pan's Flight and Haunted Mansion Pirates, all those rides that, are, that people associate with Disney. They were not designed with fast pass in mind or lightning lane, they're now calling it. Uh, it's they, they were designed to be one at a time, people in and out of the ride cars. And anytime you've got two divergent lines, it's slowing down the efficiency of getting people on and off the rides. The other reason why I think this is going to help is that so even, even if a, only a fraction of the people that now use the free fast pass system are going to pay $15 a day, which is what the initial cost is going to be. We'll see how it ends up later. But... They're starting it with $15 a day because so many fewer people are going to be using that. They don't need to put as much stress on that lightning lane when they're right loading the ride vehicles. So I think it's going to make and lines, lines more efficient, kind of like they are now. If you've been to the park since the pandemic reopening, they've been moving much more efficiently because they haven't worried about FastPass at all.
1: Okay. So maybe it'll it'll solve maybe. a solution for, for 15 bucks. There are definitely I some mean- good things. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I, I just feel for those families who, you know, they're taxed already. Mm-hmm. You're paying for a place to stay. The food is not free. And, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. It's a, and then on top of that, the, the thing that you really go there for, the rides, the experience, mm-hmm. you're going to have to, if you want to, if you don't want to wait all day in line. But it, that's just me.
2: No, it's not just you. It's a lot of people, and there's a lot of pushback Disney's getting, especially from the people who are savvy enough to already know about this and knew this was coming. This would probably have been here a year ago if it wasn't for the pandemic. This has been in the works for a long time. And yes, money is a very big reason why. They're looking to boost the revenues. The Disney Parks and Resorts division kept, which is now consumer products, is now mixed in for some reason, too. that division kept Disney afloat during the Fox merger. They made it made the financials look good because the Disney parks until the pandemic shutdown were insanely profitable and they will be again, but they needed to boost the revenues and they're looking, I mean, Bob Chapek, the new CEO has made no secret that his goal is to make per capita spending per guest spending higher and higher and higher. That's his biggest focus is making, uh, is making more people pay each of us pay more. Yeah. Wait yeah. a
1: minute. Did he come out and just say that?
2: Oh yeah, (laughs) the the earnings meetings that they have with Wall Street investors after they release their earnings reports every quarter—that I listen through and summarize for you uh, guys—that's his. One almost always that's one of his number one things. And in fact, I think that kind of led to his uh, gaffe with Scarlett Johansson. Uh, I don't know how much you guys know about that, but she was oh with the
1: Marvel. She's now suing
2: because of. Yeah. Because she thinks she wasn't going to get as much money because they released uh, Black Widow on on Disney Plus at the same time as uh, as theaters, whereas she was ex- promised to be theater exclusive. He called it an interesting data point, and that didn't sit well with her. Uh, that's the, the man thinks very high end on these kind of on, on these kind of things. He doesn't. He looks at it very abstractly, at least from what he tells investors. What I can glean from telling investors, he looks at the stuff very very clinically uh so yeah he also offended the new movie shang chi is coming out i think this week or next weekend he offended the star on the last conference call by saying this was an interesting experiment in data and he this guy's like this is an interesting experiment it's a movie and it's a good movie and i'm proud of it
0: yeah uh, clinical power. that's just the way walt disney would have looked at it himself right <laughs>
2: <laughs> Even Roy disney, the financial guy would not have done that Walt and Roy, of course were brothers and they were partners and You know, it's always simplified by saying Walt was the creative genius and Roy was the financial genius, and they both were geniuses. But that wasn't that simple. But yeah, this is much more Wall Street based now. We're not in a family-owned business anymore. Well, yeah.
1: yeah, When you're just saying that's a great data point.
0: Um. That's a great data point for us to reach our hand more into their pockets.
2: Yeah. and that $15 a day is going to add up because it's $15 per person per day. So if you're a family of four, that's, what, $60 right off
1: the bat each day, additional. No, sir. No, sir. If I get that, I have to pay for all my kids. I don't have kids, but I'm going to have to pay for all my fake <laughs> You're going to have to pay for my
0: kids, too, Ginger.
1: It's $50 oh per God. person per day.
0: That's insane. So, you
2: know, that's like $300 per week for an average week for a family. Extra on top of all of the other additional fees Disney has added for revenue. For example they're getting rid of the magical express in january for this i've been perk for many 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 years for hotel yeah guests. that was you know it they call it free it isn't free it was factored into your hotel bill but they're getting rid of it because they know they can they know that people are not going to uh not pay their hotel bills they're not gonna they're not gonna turn off of staying at a disney hotel just for not having that that's also why they've added resort fees and parking fees for for hotel guests you know on top of Let's face it, not cheap hotel rooms. I mean, the Polynesian's four four or five hundred dollars a night. You know, Grand Floridian's more than that. Uh, even the so-called moderates are in what you'd pay for a decent luxury hotel in other parts of the country. You know, these are these are not cheap hotel rooms, and they've added all these extra fees to get more revenue out of it. It's, it's no question that's what they've been doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I hate. Because they can. That's it, true. They can because we love it and it is magical. And I don't want to spend too much time belaboring the point that Disney is just kind of overpriced not just kind of very overpriced right now and it's really difficult for um, I think we've talked about that how middle-class families are now pretty much priced out of Disney but okay we do have a lot of people who love Disney in fact I know a guy uh who works there he's one of my Facebook friends Paul Rose I think I put Disney as having its anniversary instead of Walt Disney World which uh my bad uh meant to Make uh, I need to correct that. But we have a lot of people who love Disney and it is turning oh, fifty yeah. and there are some exciting things going on. So Ken, what are you most excited about when it comes to the anniversary or the birthday or whatever we're calling it?
2: Yeah, they call it and they're calling it birthday. Most people call it anniversary. Uh I, I would like to say that I wish I could see what was going to happen before the pandemic, because obviously the pandemic disrupted mm-hmm. so much. They had very elaborate plans. They've had this kind of scale back that, that I was interested in seeing, you know. Some of the rides that were going to be online, the Tron ride that's being built at Tomorrowland, the Guardians of the Alex ride at Epcot, were both going to be open around October 1st of this year, if not earlier. That's not happening because of the pandemic. And you know, Disney is a business, but they it, not a, you can't control everything, and you certainly can't control when you have to shut down for 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 a pandemic. Uh, Of what is coming, I'm most interested in seeing Harmonious, the new Epcot show that's replacing Illumination's Reflection of Earth. Yeah. A show that has been literally four years in the making in terms of construction, not just planning. It's been almost a decade in planning. Uh, One of the legends of Disney's entertainment division, Steve Davison, is the one spearheading this project. They're promising to use... Imagery from Disney films and and setting the music from say Moana or Hercules or or to to the nations they would come from. So Mulan would be singing in Chinese, for example. Uh, you know Hercules would be in Greek. If, and it, it's it's designed to embrace the World Showcase and embrace Disney at the same time. The show looks like it's going to be just spectacular in terms of the execution. There's a trade-off with that. We now have permanent barges in the middle of World Showcase lagoon that are about as attractive as oil rigs. But there you go. <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, it's
1: Disney. Can't they come up with some kind of fancy cover to put over it?
2: Uh, well, the four tacos and the donut are what the fans have been calling them because they look like four enormous tacos. And, it, and it, looks like, <laughs> it looks a bit like the Stargate from the old Stargate TV series and movie. Um, they are trying to, Ginger, cover it, but they're supposed to be fountains that'll sort of hide it during the daytime. The testing has not been really convincing yet, at least the ones I've seen. I'm hoping they're tweaking things still. We'll see. We'll see October 1st when it all debuts.
0: Hey, there's nothing I would rather look at than a taco. So if you've got tacos (laughs) out there, I'm totally happy about it. And so as we kind of hopefully move into next year, do you know what Disney is planning uh, as far as, I would imagine it will be a boon to Disney when people really genuinely Hopefully one day, for the Lord above, please let us get through this pandemic. That yeah. place is going to be packed when people really begin to travel again without having to worry about anything, right?
2: I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's good. It, it, like everything, like with movie theaters, like with everything you guys, I know you guys have been out with your families. It's, it's not the same right now. And some people just will not travel. I'm, I canceled two trips this year because I don't feel safe traveling other places. I feel safe with the way Disney's doing most of their measures. I'm, I feel safe enough to go to Disney uh, every, you know, every, you know, once or twice a month. But uh, yeah, there, there's definitely going to be pent up demand, but we saw that this summer. This summer was packed in the parks, not just Disney. Universal and SeaWorld both had very healthy crowds. Uh, it wasn't quite pre-pandemic level, but it sure felt like it was. It was it was very crowded this summer. Disney Springs most weekends was just almost like you know New York after an evacuation or something.
1: It was just packed oh. with people. Yikes! Okay, yeah, I, I mean, people were just they needed somewhere to go. They wanted somewhere Absolutely. to go. And I feel like for the most part, Disney has been very reactionary, in a good way to with the masks mandate are in the particular county where we live? Because they went away, and now they're back. I think they're back, right?
2: Uh, Disney is in, Disney in, indoors. You have to wear masks indoors yeah. at Disney right now, which is, I think, Jerry Dimming's, Mayor Dimming's guidelines. But Disney doesn't just look at it from a Florida perspective. All of their parks, are, you know, oh. the Disneyland in California follows pretty much the same rules as Florida does. I, I do applaud Disney for their safety measures. I think that overall they have did a, as well a job as you can. Yeah, you can always do better, but I feel very badly for all of the cast members who've had to deal with people angry over masks and angry over my rights and my children. And you know, I am—I—I I, I, those people don't deserve to deal with what they deal with. But Disney security is very proactive about taking care of it when they see it.
1: Okay, you became very southern when you started talking about my ride. My My ride. Yes.
2: My dad is from Mississippi. My mom is from Savannah.
0: So you you are country. Now, (laughs) I, I know you know a lot of people who work at Disney, and I cannot imagine what it has been like working at the parks and trying to tell thousands of people every day hey, Put your mask back on. Hey, put it over your nose. Checking temperatures when they were doing that. I don't think they're doing that as much anymore. Ha- has it just been terrible, though, like for the workers there to have to try to police this stuff? It's been a lot of terrible.
2: There's no question. If you talk to your average cast member, if you get them off of off of script and you talk to them when they're not on duty and when they're being real, a lot of them, have. especially the ones dealing with the frontline people, the people who are running the attraction, who put you on the ride cars, the people who are in the shops, the people giving you your hot dog. Those people have dealt with a lot of that all year and a half, almost two years now, God help us. You know, it's been a lot. Now, Disney's had it better than other places. There have been places I've seen that have been just wretched. But I remember one memorable encounter at Disney Springs where when they were doing the temperature checks and they were requiring masks, even outdoors, a mother just came unglued at this Disney cast member who was doing the temperature check. This woman's doing her job. She's just doing her job. She's following the rules. This woman came unglued and so the manager came in and that manager I was a very short lady, but she was domineering and taking over the situation and said, I don't care if it's your son's birthday, he's gotta follow the rules and you're going to get out, and now we're gonna escort you off property.
1: Yeah, it's so sad. You know, Mm -hmm. And if everyone would just do what you're supposed to do. These are different times, unprecedented times. Mm -hmm. And those people are they want to earn a living just like you. And if they have to close everything down because the pandemic is spreading because you're not doing what you're supposed to do, then no one gets to come to Disney. I think I also remember the guy who said, I'm rich. I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember that guy? Yeah, yeah. He's like,
2: I. You can't kick me off property. I paid ten thousand dollars for my hotel thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's what. Lots of other people. Pay <laughs> yeah, that. I know. Disney's like,
0: look around. Everybody here paid ten thousand dollars minimally.
2: Multiply each head you see in the theme park by like one hundred and fifty dollars for a minute.
0: Yeah. Per day. I know. It's oh, so hard, God. though. As a family, like I've got three kids when I want to mm-hmm. take my I would love to get annual passes again, to be honest, but it, it's a big expense for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for anybody. And now to think like, OK, well, you got to pay for parking. You got to mm-hmm. pay for fast passes if you want to do that for 15 bucks a head or maybe more at some point. You know, it just can be daunting for the for the average family, Ken.
2: Of course, it can be. It, oh, it, it has been since you know the late Eisner era, when the, when Michael Eisner was the CEO. I mean, when, Disney, when when he took over Disney in the '80s, I want to say '84, the prices were very underpriced. Everything was too low. It was still profitable, which is a good point. That it, even at fifteen dollars a head, it was profitable. That was Epcot's opening day admission was fifteen dollars a person. Wow. My dad thought it was outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> My dad, thought, it's highway robbery. They're charging fifteen dollars a day. <laughs> um, but he, when he took over, they were underpriced. There's no question they were underpriced, and they were erring too much on the side of being good. But somewhere around the end of Eisner's era and, and Bob Iger's era, the now former CEO, uh, prices started going way past inflation. They started going up way faster than inflation was going up, and the, and the average family's income's not going up much any faster than inflation. So, yeah, it's, it's been a strain for them. But it's the last, I'd say, 10 years or so has been really markedly increasing on all because it's like you were talking about earlier. It's all of the other fees, not just the ticket prices that add on to mm-hmm. it.
1: Yeah. And I, I just remember I, I, and probably maybe about eight, eight to 10 years ago is when we started doing like, oh, they're raising their prices this way and then mm-hmm. they're going to raise. And then it'd be like months later, not even a year later. That the prices would be raised again, and then the other theme parks said, "Whoa, they're on to something," and everyone else would raise their prices as well. So they really set the bar for the theme parks.
2: Well, the biggest thing of that was the variable pricing. You know, typically for most of the five decades, it's been that you know you pay one price every day for Disney World. That's $110 a day, or, fi- or $75 a day, or whatever it was in that era now it varies like the stock market it varies on the day-to-day basis depending on how crowded they expect it to be they say it is to manage crowds and i'm sure it has a little bit of that effect but really come on if you're going to plan to go at christmas you're going to go at christmas if it even if it's 160 dollars instead of 105 dollars you yeah. know that's just it's you're not your fact you're going to factor that in that the, the profit is a is something is a luxury they've just learned to afford um
0: uh, yeah
2: the the uh, but that variable pricing is where I think a lot of this trend really started, and that's only been about five years for that, uh, and that's made it so that you know you have you have to know in advance what day you're going to go as to how expensive it's going to be.
0: Yeah, that makes it challenging yeah. too for planning purposes if you're if you're trying to get your family in there. So so tell me this, okay? A lot of people who are watching are from Florida. They live around here. We've had the debate in my household too. It's still the pandemic. We're still well in it. Is now a good time to be an annual pass holder and to be a local and to head in? Because you said that many of the wait times really haven't been bad. So maybe heading into, I know that it's going to be crazy in December, but maybe through the fall and maybe next spring, is this a good time to maybe just finally say, hey, we're going to get the annual passes. We'll go once every couple of weeks and it might not be so crazy busy like it will be next year when things hopefully calm down.
2: And let's say amen.
0: Let's hope it calms down. Right now, you cannot buy an annual pass at Disney. You can buy them from a universal or
2: oh. Disney's but cut stopped selling annual passes when the pandemic shutdown happened. They're going to start them up back before October 1st, but they've not said exactly what day that's going to happen or if there's any price adjustments coming to that to the annual passes. I just don't know that. Uh, I, oh, if you had a pass, you can keep renewing it, which is what most of us have done or what I've done. Uh, And they're also making exceptions that if you had a pass and you dropped it because of the pandemic, they're letting a lot of those people go ahead and and renew anyway. They're grandfathering these people in. But right now, you can't buy a pass. Uh, They've been doing the Florida deal where it's, you know, you get four days for something like $130, $104, which is not a bad deal at all if you can afford it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yes, this is generally a good time. most of the time since the pandemic reopening in July of last year. It's been pretty good for pass holders and for and for locals. It's been pretty good. You have your your crowds at Epcot for the festivals, which is why they do the festivals. But you know, generally speaking, right after they really reopening, it was like after September eleventh. It was just dead. It's not dead anymore. But I'll tell you, this weekend, once back, we're back to the regular patterns we've been seeing before the pandemic. Once back to school hit, a couple weeks ago, boop, crowds dropped. Crowds dropped dramatically wait times dropped dramatically. So this is generally speaking, this is one of the best times to go. You know, usually October 1st, Disney picked October 1st as the opening day because it was the start of a fiscal year and it was the quietest day, the quietest week of the year on the calendar from Disneyland in California. They wanted to open it to get, without stressing everything out. So that's why October 1st was picked as the opening day was it was one of the least crowded times on the calendar. So they wanted to get everything up and running before the Thanksgiving crowds hit. And, uh, but unfortunately, because it is an anniversary, you're going to see a lot of people coming here on October 1st.
0: Well, that's fascinating. I'm always wondering which week is the deadest week. So the October 1st time, they chose that in particular because, okay, very if
2: interesting. Not, certainly, if not the one, it was certainly one of the least crowded periods. And it's, it's very uncrowded in the parks right now if you go. I, I went on Sunday and I had no trouble getting the park reservations. That's what other people have been irked about, that you have to get a reservation to go into a park. You can't just drop in. But I yeah. think that system overall works pretty well as long as the reservations are available. But, yeah, it, like I said, I dropped in on Sunday without planning to. I just had – I needed to get some things because we're doing the special in Click Orlando about Disney's 50th. And I had to get some photos for that. And so I dropped in, and it was easy to maneuver all – I went to three of the four parks. It was easy to maneuver.
1: Oh, wow. Good news. Okay, so so here's why I want to ask you because there yeah. are still, a, a, you know, a ton of people who will at some point this year, especially with the anniversary or birthday, whatever they want to call it, coming up. What is your best – insider advice for a must see, a must do, a must not miss for people coming? Because sometimes they all they all want the glitz and glamour. And I think I saw you post something about, you are know, like, believe it or not, after all these years, this is still my favorite thing. And it wasn't something that was shiny and new. It was tried and true. So tell, give us a little insider advice for people who haven't been and are planning or going. What's a must see?
2: OK, well, the nice thing about Disney and one of the one of the good ways Disney has evolved over the past 50 years is there is something for every audience. There really is. It's not. They really do have stuff for people who just I don't like. Like Nadine Yanis, one of our reporters, does not like thrill rides. So she does not go in coasters except Thunder Mountain. So there's, there's plenty of stuff for her to enjoy. Uh, she loves Thunder Mountain, by the way. Uh, there's stuff for everyone. I would say it depends on your on your age of your group that you're coming with. Uh, I the attraction you're talking about my favorite is still the Tiki Room. And Tiki Room is going to be something you either love or you hate. There's not going to be a lot <laughs> of I
0: don't even show. know what that is. I don't even it's, know
2: what this. It it's a show that Walt Disney and his Imagineers developed in the 60s and the copy of it, a bigger copy was built here in Florida where basically you sit in this Polynesian looking building that's very Tiki culture more than real Polynesian culture. And there's all these what look like stuffed birds all around you, but they're not stuffed. They all come to life and they sing and every and there's flowers singing all over the place all around you. So it's a neat show if you can get into it, if you can suspend your disbelief, if you can go with the flow of it. But otherwise, you're like, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen people with that reaction. Though, what is this?
0: Where because is it? Where I've never this, seen this.
2: It's an adventure land across from the Jungle Cruise, between the Jungle Cruise and Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: Okay, it's It's like...
2: It's right next to the Aladdin spinning ride.
0: You know what I've told people about in that same kind of area, the shooting, little uh, shooting range they have there? I I was telling somebody about that the other day. They're like, what are you talking about? I have annual passes. I've never seen this.
2: Yep. If you're going to talk about stuff like that that people miss, I love Tom Sawyer Island in the Magic Kingdom. You have to take a little raft to get over there. But honestly... Once you're on Tom Sawyer Island, you can forget you're in the Magic Kingdom. It's one of the most immersive areas. You really can feel like you're just on some island, which is a playground for kids, basically. That's more elaborate. There's not like a lot of swings, but there's caves to explore and tunnels and pathways and a fort and you can air gun shoot the you know, shoot air guns out of the fort that don't you know they don't really hit anybody. I think that's a treasure of the Magic Kingdom that a lot of people don't know about. That's one of the next things I'm gonna write about in the series we're working on on Click Orlando. Uh, Tom Slow Island's a gem. Uh, and also, oh,
1: hidden gem!
2: Yeah, it is. And one of the one of the most popular rides in the Magic Kingdom might surprise a lot of you. It's the People Mover in Tomorrowland. That is the that is one of the most high capacity rides in Disney World. On uh, one of our
1: awesome. producers Emily Allen. Only before. when it's hot. Only oh, when hot. it's
0: hot, that's where the Austins. You can find us there, there or <laughs> in the Hall of Presidents. That's where we're hanging out. <laughs>
1: New Hall
2: of President Show is pretty good. I just saw it with uh, Joe Biden in it. Uh, I think it's wiser than – starting with Bill Clinton, they had the president sitting president speak, and that got to be very polarizing, let's just say, in the past, say, four to eight years or 12 years, uh, <laughs> depending on the audience and uh, and depending on your political beliefs, and you're welcome to have your own. But, uh they had to add security at the Hall of Presidents when Ms. President Trump was speaking because they were afraid that people were going to do something
0: to the robot. Oh, my Lord.
1: Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a robot. Well,
2: it's not really. Yeah, I know. It's not That's where we are. Him.
0: That's where we are as a society now. <laughs> the,
2: new show, the new show, they have Joe Biden saying his oath of office, and they don't have him speaking beyond that. I think it works beautifully. So,
1: okay, so for the you know Tomorrowland experience, if no. you sit there and you rotate – have they, ch- okay, because when you go, and then a microwave. Oh, carousel whatever. progress, yeah. That's the carousel. Of- <laughs> and,
2: and I call it the carousel lack of progress, because it hasn't been updated How since 1993. It's so
0: weird. Their TVs are, like, huge in there. Yeah, It's like, if you're going to be the carousel of progress, it can't be the future is <laughs> 1998, you know.
2: It's so <laughs> <93, here>. 1993, <laughs> let's talk about laser discs. It won't even DVDs when that show was written, that version of the show was written. They were supposed to, in the olden days they did that show every five to ten years, you know. There, there's four or five versions before the current version. And just oh my from, god! Here in Florida, that started in the New York World's Fair. The same sets, the same, a lot of the same figures are from 1964 World's Fair. Yeah. Uh, the problem is
0: they just don't have the money to update it. So now, now oh, yeah. that we're all paying for fast passes, uh, they're just
2: absolutely be... broke. They cannot afford <laughs> can't afford a dime to update the Carousel of Progress. Um, Oh my
1: God! It's it's a shame
2: that that show needs an update badly, and I love that show, (laughs) but uh, it's it'll have to happen sooner than later. It was supposed to happen several times in the past few years, and for whatever reason, it's gotten pushed off, pushed off, pushed off.
0: And then now you've got the whole
2: Splash Mountain changes
0: and Jungle Cruise
2: changes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Ken, thank you so much for talking to us about something that you know more about than any other human that I am aware of. That's not true. Yeah. There's lots of
2: people who know far more than I do.
0: Well, in my orbit, you're the guy. You're the guy. Ken Pilcher, producer at News 6. We appreciate you taking the time out. Ginger Gabson. always good to have you, my lady. And uh, I'm Matt Austin. Have yourself a great week. We'll have another one of these next week. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.